to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela here. In celebration of our Stressless Success workshops and the community that we formed around taking a stand for self-care and claiming success on your terms, I thought I would share. So enjoy this session called All the Everythings. Welcome to Stressless Success. I am where you are. I do work full time. I am a professional. What I've seen in my years working in the industry is that It is really, really hard sometimes to stay connected with your why. As a result of that disconnect, we all get bogged down with what I like to call the compulsories of life, the things we have to do, and we know we have to do them, but they're not our why. And we forget about the freestyle, the things that are really going to be impactful and make a difference in the world. Who's experiencing that? That overwhelm the stress of just not knowing what to do next because your to-do list has gotten out of control and you can't tame the chaos, right? We're all busy. We're all up to lots of things and working hard. But what would happen if you had the tools to condense that effort, to kind of super concentrate it and get things done faster so that you had the time and the space to do the things you always say you want to do, but never seem to have time to get to. I think it's so important to understand the chain of how these things work. So session one today is called All the Everythings because it's about the chaos and taming the chaos and why the chaos happens to us in the first place. The chain of how things work out is first we have a thought, which then forms a belief, which then informs our choices and Our choices make us feel different ways, so we have emotions, and then those emotions either inspire us or deter us from taking certain actions. And when you look at the science behind this, we actually think 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, but of all those thoughts, Most of them, about 95% are recycled. So what is it? It's this repetitive loop of, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. What do I do next? Oh my God, I got to get that done. Oh my God, I got to get that. And so it's just this loop. And those loops about, I don't know how to do this. I'm so busy. Start to get set in our brains. And by around age 35, Our brains are running pretty much a whole bunch of routines, not new thoughts, which is what we want to really work on here today is breaking that loop so that we can make sure 
that rather than our thoughts being in the background on default, that we're consciously having the thoughts we want to have about the life we want to live. We want to break the cycle and we want to get out of that emotional reactive state to everything in our lives, which creates the stress around success. And instead, be that neutral observer. That way, we can understand that getting what we want is about going, hmm, that didn't work. I wonder what would, or what could I try, or what could be different? So that we're not in that cycle of doing and doing and doing, but instead, we are slowing down, tuning in, being aligned and aware. That way, all those disruptive thoughts can't disrupt our progress. The flip side to that is if we're always preoccupied and stressed out, we're not giving ourselves time for that alignment. So I wanted to start today by just kind of taking an energy inventory. Think about how you typically spend your day, whether it's chores and errands or work or time with family and friends, all the different things that make up your typical day. There is a lot of obligation energy, especially as women that we deal with. And it's a huge, huge distraction. It really kind of splits us up. So now that we know this, right, we're not always spending our time in the right places. We've conditioned ourselves to be busy and to distract ourselves. Often when we distract ourselves with being busy, even when it feels like obligations, even when it seems like we have to do certain things, what we're actually doing is hiding from ourselves. We're resisting confronting our big dreams, our inspirations, because we're making them priority zero. And as long as we do that, we don't have to make those daring choices, right? Brene Brown talks about daring greatly. And a lot of times success is about daring greatly. And that can feel really, really, really scary. And so we don't choose to dare greatly. We choose to be busy instead. We don't want that. We don't want to be on 24-7. Nobody wants that. And I would argue that even those people who have the availability to do it have their motivations in the wrong place. Let's think a little bit first about stress and what stress does to your body. And we'll use Julie's example. So there are two kinds of stress. There's eustress, which is the good stress, the stress that motivates us, the stress that keeps us excited and in momentum, which is probably what Julie's younger single coworkers are latching onto, right? But they're overdoing it. And soon they're going to find they migrate to distress. And we casually throw that term around stress. But what we're really talking about is distress. We've actually overloaded ourselves to the point where it is having a toxic effect on our body, mind, and spirit. And I know you can feel this. 
Stress, as you may know, is tied to the fight or flight response. Our body senses danger in some way, a threat, and then it turns on certain things and turns off other things. The first thing that happens is the amygdala, the most base part of our brain, the instinctive part of our brain, hijacks higher level thought process, logic, reasoning, those get shut down. Creativity gets shut down. Our blood pressure goes up. Our body is flooded with adrenaline and cortisol because our bodies evolved in a time when stress was about physical danger. So our stress response is designed to help us escape physical danger. It's not designed to help us cope with a bunch of deadlines or a bunch of pressures in our life. And that's what I really want you to understand, because what happens is as those chemicals build up, as that stress response becomes not episodic, but chronic, our immune system shuts down. We become open to behavioral health problems like anxiety and depression because the neurochemicals for those disorders get turned on. So it affects us body, mind, and spirit when we are experiencing chronic stress. It's really toxic, shuts down our immunity. I know whenever I have been burning the candle at both ends, the first thing that happens is I get a sore throat, then I get congestion, then I get canker sores. My immune system is shutting down because that's not what the body that can only respond to physical stress understands to do. And Sarah says, chronic stress, definitely not good. No, it is toxic. And that's why it's so important that you're all here today. The other thing that stress does is it creates trauma. Now, we can talk about big traumas like abuse or homelessness or other kinds of horrible traumas, but there are little traumas that we have every day that can also impact us. Those little T traumas, as they're often referred to, those crises, those fires that some of you were talking about putting out. They start to rewire your brain. They start to form your beliefs about what's possible. And they also make you adverse to things that feel like you're going to have more stress or more trauma. So we start to fear the roadblocks. We start to make failure, not about learning, but about catastrophizing. And we're afraid of it. So we do what we know works. We do what's safe we shut down so we don't have to feel the stress and the trauma. Instead, what I want to invite you to do is to think about three things that are giving you trauma right now in your life. And they may be big ones. They may be little ones. 
But I want you to think about how you could turn those traumas into your superpower, how those vulnerabilities can actually be your strength. For example, if you are terrified of having to speak up and be highly visible and you find that something that makes you nervous and worried and it feels traumatic to you, does it also mean, though, that you are more sensitive to others, more empathetic, better able to read the room because you know what it looks like and feels like, better able to draw people out. Part of growth is to hit roadblocks. It's not a sign that you did the wrong thing. It's not a sign that you're going in the wrong direction. When we do that, when we can turn the things that we may view as liabilities into our strengths. We're getting more aligned with our personality, who we are, how we're wired, instead of having to follow somebody else's mold or pattern. The next thing I wanted to walk you through were some ways when you catch yourself starting to feel that trauma response, that stress response, to turn it off and deactivate it. Because part of what happens to us, that part of our brain is the instinctive part of our brain. And it flips the switch on the stress response in nanoseconds. What that means is something that we perceive as a threat to us. Our body has the stress response to help us defend from that threat before we are even consciously aware of what we're seeing. Think about that. Before you are even consciously aware of some element of your environment, your body has already decided whether or not it is a threat in already activated that stress response. So what that means is when we see that, we see that we have to find a way to turn it off. The sympathetic nervous system controls fight or flight, but the parasympathetic nervous system turns that off. And it actually puts us in a mode called rest and digest. I'm going to teach you some techniques to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system and let that stress response calm down. So the first thing that we're going to try is a simple breathing exercise. Breath work is very, very powerful. Do not discount it. And the best thing about breath work is you can do it anywhere. You do not need to be alone where no one can see you or in a class. You can do it sitting at your desks. It is really, really important to be able to do that. We're going to start by breathing in to the count of four through our nose. So try that with me. Two, three, four. And we're going to suspend the breath for a count, which means just stop breathing. We're going to exhale through our mouth and sigh if you can, because the vibration of the sigh through your body is also relaxing and tones the vagus nerve. And we're going to breathe out to start with one count longer than your inhale was. 
Let's try that again now that you know how to do it. Breathe in through your nose. Two, three, four, hold. Breathe out. Two, three, four, five. All right. Are you starting to feel how that works? And especially if you sigh or an audible sigh is even better. It really shakes things up. And you can work up to that exhale to a count of six or even eight. And if you just do a few rounds of that breath work, it signals to your body when your exhale is longer than your inhale that you can relax. So think about it when you've been especially anxious and how your breathing speeds up and that exhale is almost like a contraction. When we consciously breathe differently, it's almost like the action tells the body rather than the body creating the action. So I hope that makes sense for you. Another thing that you can do that really can happen anywhere is to put your hands on your thighs and just to rub your thighs just back and forth. It's a way of activating nerve endings and that touch tells the body that it can relax and calm down. Another thing that you can try if you are at home and you have a chance to lie down is to do the breath work with one hand on your heart and one hand on your abdomen. Again, it's just that touch activating certain points in your body that help you to calm down. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is forward folds. I am a big yoga fanatic, and I know some of you on the call also are. I know Megan teaches yoga, but a really easy thing to do is just simply to stand and fold over. And to make this easy for yourself, if you can't touch your toes or something like that, bend your knees, place your forearms on your thighs and just fold over like that. Having your forearms on your thighs keeps your shoulders from falling forward so that your head can stretch. Spend a few breaths. Again, when the head is lower than the heart, it cues the sympathetic nervous system. Hopefully you can incorporate all or at least some of these techniques the next time you catch yourself stressing out. Also make a habit of it. Start your day doing some breath work. Start your day with some forward folds. Take some time in the middle of the day because every time you do this, you're resetting your system. What the parasympathetic nervous system does for us is it helps us sleep better, it helps us digest our food better. It helps the higher mind to activate and unlocks your creativity. It helps you to see things as a detached observer instead of reacting. So there's lots of reasons we want to keep that going. So I'm going to end this section with just one more visualization. As you're doing the breath work, close your eyes now. And imagine bringing light into your brain, just filling it up with bright, bright light. And then imagine once your brain is full of light, that that light is kind of dripping down your spine. What 
lines your spine is a major nerve connected with the parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve. It is the biggest nerve in your body. It has multiple branches and it carries that signal that it's okay to calm down. So as you imagine the light kind of moving down your spine, down this long branching nerve, reaching down your arms, around your back, through your legs, and just letting everything settle, it helps to put you in a different mindset. So who's feeling more calm and centered now? you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. (laughs) 